0: Drill down into this thing called the prophet. Drill down into this thing called the church. This thing called Jesus. This thing called the Ecclesia. And when I got to the bottom of it, I realized what happened. And as I did, I, be, I began to develop programs that first, at first I just revealed. Just revealed and exposed. And from there we developed programs. And then I began to literally be, uh, be able to compose a profile of a prophet, a prophet spirit, because prophets are prophets because they have a unique spirit, and in my book coming out, you're going to find out a little bit more about that, but the prophet spirit is very distinct, as a matter of fact, everybody's destiny is the, is, is determined and assured by the spirit that's inserted into them, that God put into a doctor has a doctoral spirit. An attorney has an, a, 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 an attorney's spirit. And so as I'm doing this book and we're talking about this and and, 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 and what we're making happen, you know, assessing yourself prophetically, we're talking about these spiritual things. Well, I, I, and I'm laying out how to decide and define because you all got duped because you did not know that spirit destiny has spirits. Not just external spirit, but the a literal spiritual deposit of a center, really, in your your spirit, in your human makeup that determines who you are. That's why when people are out of their purpose, they're miserable, they're reckless, they're, un, they're unhappy, they're uh, uh, disruptive. Because the reason they exist has not been awakened, has not been tapped into. Is anybody hearing me? We gonna have the first. We we'll put the first one. Yeah. Then oh, I need. To it. Oh, I gotta do my job. Are mm-hmm. oh, you want me to get to my job? On all put it on Okay. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in going through this, because God, if the Bible tells you how God does it, and so we we think of your spirit as just this one sheet of, of immateriality. It's just a sheet, little glassy, maybe a little shiny, but one sheet, and it's not. It is the it it is the one hundred percent energy composition, construction, and anatomy side of your physical body. The reason you can you have a body is because God's spirit gave you one. So you have a spirit. Now we talk about that. I have a spirit. I am a a spirit. I have a soul. That's nice. But you know what? That's what you tell people in the third grade. By the time I get to college, I need you to tell me a little bit more about that. I need to have a lot more about it. Your spirit has an anatomy that is pure Jesus, pure God, pure energy. Now, that's the new creation spirit, but every spirit is its energy source. It is the generator. It is the power source, and it is not not just some sort of furnace. You can't even use furnace analogy because there's so much more than that. So in in order for you to feel fulfilled or we got billions of dollars written on purpose, probably billions by right now that you all can't tap into it because you're looking for where it isn't. And so as long as Satan keeps you chasing on something that but that he has hidden and has convinced you doesn't exist or that's beckoning you and keeps moving it, you won't fulfill purpose. I am powerful in my purpose. And I know it. And I'm powerful because I know why I'm powerful. I know where my purpose is. I know how I got to have one. You have to get the it. So now, are you kidding me? I don't have to worry about it. Why is it I don't sin? Because I'm scared of going to a hell? No, because I'm so full of purpose, sin can't find me. I'm sin's problem and humanity's solution sin can still find you, is because you are slumming with sin instead of pursuing purpose. Because I'm going to tell you something. Now, I can't, I, and there's a difference between, you know, a, a temptation and a seduction. Temptation is an idea. Boy, that ice cream looks tempting. Seduction is you're pulled into it. I'm now eating ice cream. So you must understand the difference between temptation and seduction. Because a lot of you all fall into seduction because you think they're the same. They're not sending them. One's a suggestion, the other's an induction. See, duck, pull you in. Seduction. Induction. Reduction. You understand? Ducts. Like the ducts in your wall, in your house, or your heat. So when you think about Thin, as long as you outside the grate, you all right. Because the idea is get in the grate and get stuck in. <laughs> so I, I don't have that. I don't play with, you can't, I, I don't even, when I sit around and, and, and I have no idea about what, I wonder, I don't care. I'm so good at what I do. Because I am so the handiwork of the good God. I am the powerful handiwork of God. And I strut stuff and show him off. And I show the world what God can do in the flesh if the flesh would submit. And I love it. So I'm writing books about it so all of us can have it. We all have the same testimony. That's why I'm writing these books. So we can all have the same testimony. I am awesome in Jesus Christ. Jesus and me awesome together. This man can make a human. He can make a being. He can make powerful. He made Enoch so fine that Enoch couldn't go to, to the grave. God didn't even want death to look him in the face. Enoch just crossed on over. I want you to understand this man knows he can make, oh, come on. He made Abraham, Abraham so powerful that if he wasn't a custodian, a steward of the new creation, he would have passed over too, but he needed him to make sure that those who could not not, who did not earn the right to escape death would still be comfortable in the grave, mm-hmm. in hell. Oh, this man can make a person. Do we really, really want to talk about Moses? Mm-hmm. Death came for Moses, and Moses. He. Uh, I'm telling you, God has changed that man's body so much, death that I can't even touch him i got to let him go. I can't even take him to hell. I can't even take him to hell because the, the, the Almighty has so upgraded him. And so he'll be, he'll be a prophet for us in there. And that was what for Jesus to be. And can we, can we have a discussion about Elijah? And these are prophets, people. I just, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> prophets. Elijah so scared his realm, they were asking him believe. To, 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 to go, I mean, go. Charities, come together. They call charity a fire. We know it was a spaceship. On eternal fuel. Don't we? Have
1: to- <laughs> 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 we know, man, we, have to-
0: <laughs> 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 we understood that they saw the fire. Because that's all they could, they could do. So God gave them that look. But this thing is moving on God's eternal power, the same power that was propelling those living creatures. Mm-hmm. See, this thing, we aren't telling a gospel. We're too busy trying to, to tell people how to go and leave Jesus. Y'all got so many reasons to leave him. You haven't even thought about why I saying the man is awesome. I'm telling you, he is a phenomena oh, my God, I tell you. And God does all of this cool. He doesn't need flex the muscles. Not one. We're talking about God so upgrading the body that Samuel, uh, uh, excuse me, Elisha is dead, dead, and they go and throw long time dead, throw dead bodies on his bones. And this is not new birth, you know, because we could always say the new birth. You know, this is not even new birth. This man called Jesus. Let me tell you, this man called Jesus? No, you can't mess with me about this man called Jesus. Because see, the reason y'all got faith, but my faith has taken on facts. And until your faith becomes factual, your salvation is not actual. (laughs) Hashtag dollar sign. <laughs> I need you to recognize these are, when you start walking in this issue and you start walking in this power, don't worry about it because you think power is about when I lay hands and people fall out. What well, they do, sometimes they fall out if I don't lay hands. Well, I don't get that, but that's what Jesus wants to do. But I want you to understand all of this thing is, is, is exuding. You should be exuding it. Jesus exuded that power. So people just went on by. So I'm just if I could just get fired man, I'm gonna be healed. Mm-hmm. Can they walk by, I can't just say, got to go. I can't stay here. And so I just need you to recognize that if you don't move in all the fullness of the Godhead, and that's training. And it's not just training. God has to train you, but He's got to drain Satan out of you. Oh my
1: God.
0: The drainage is what hurts. That's the part. Draining you out because he's draining everything in you that will belie his righteousness, belie his nature. So he's got to do that. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to you that it's easy, although I do think that it was kind of hard for me because I had no pattern or anything. I had me and Jesus in the closed corners. Jesus in the closed corners. Y'all know what that's about. And so, and he would come. And he would come with knives, and he would come with hammers, and he would come with fire, and he would come with, with all kinds of implements, and then he'd come with the sword. And before you know it, I was like a half piece of mess in my soul. But then when it was all the drainage was gone, he said, now let's put you back together. He said, but I'm going to make you just like me. We're going to be one and the same And bit by bit, I can't tell you it was overnight because it wasn't, but I can tell you that many overnight, my God, I woke up another piece in place. I was powerful. I knew that I had been empowered. So I can answer these questions because I have become him. See, a lot of people are like, I want to be like Jesus. No, no, I want to be Jesus because we're supposed to be him filled with all the fullness of the Godhead Bible. You listen to all of these people who mess with you. Yeah, like you try to be the fourth person of the Godhead. The church is the fourth person of the Godhead because it's the bride of Christ. So we are the fourth person of the Godhead. Because we are. he is the bride. Bro, and we are the bride. We are his skin. We are under his skin. We're his body. You got to catch that either. See, with all of this anatomical stuff, you need to know. This neurological stuff about the salvation, you need to know. Anybody got me? This soulological stuff, you need to know. Pneumatological, all of those things, we used those words, and all we did was bandy them about. But let me tell you about me. I went and dug them things up, and I said, hold on, wait a minute. For example, many of you, I'm going to be decent this time. Many of you don't know. Your mind is a faculty. Your brain is an organ. That's needful. That's need-to-know stuff because you start uh, not understanding why your mind is attacking your brain. <laughs> because as that mind is renewed to Jesus Christ, it begins to attack everything humanist about your brain, which is why when you really, with Jesus, you can't think worlds any longer. You, you're not worry about what in the world. You can't even think it. You can't think worlds. You can't think sin. You can't think flesh. All you can think is, oh, my God, I'm an offspring of God here. Oh, what can I do with this? Oh, this is great. I can try that. They'll tell you I do it. I'm like, that's different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I asked my prophets, so what new stuff you got? And if they tell me they didn't get anything new, I knew they had dropped out on Jesus. You need to be able to get upgrades every single day. But Microsoft is now, they got it from God. <laughs> Internet, Google got it from God. I'm upgraded every day. I wake up in the morning and say, Wow,
1: now
0: that's and I and the more he changed my brain, the more my brain altered my body. Mm -hmm. Because the brain's job is to make the slave, the robot, behave and perform. Some of you all need to know this because you're walking around me listening to y'all sitting in evangelical churches and I love every single one of them. God bless you. But let me tell you something. You need to be outgrowing. The nursery. You need to outgrow elementary school. You need to want more. You need to say, wait a minute, I need to understand this. I sit there, are you kidding? You have yet to even meet your new creation spirit because it's too infantile. Mine isn't. Me and my girl roll. We just Me and my girl roll. I'm like Talk about, t- wait a minute, hold on, hold on. And I want you to know, she's a, I, I cannot wait for this, for me to get out of this body because that thing is like nothing you could dream. They don't have, we can't fantasize what this thing can do. Mama. I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in trouble, I don't feel good. I talk, my spirit, I said, come on, that's your job to keep me going. Mm-hmm. See, I got work for my new creation spirit. Yours got a, a, a leisure life. It just leisurely follows you around. Yours is like a leisurely leisurely lawyer. just follows you around, not mine. (laughs) No, no. Let me tell you, and and, and when I'm getting ready to go, my, I'm telling you, because your spirit, your new creation only grows by three things. Number one, the word of God. Number two, the Holy Ghost. And number three, the divine nature of God permeating your spirit. Because your spirit is actually God in your body. It is God, it is Jesus, and it is the Holy Ghost all in your own physical oh, Come on, son. I'm lost. Help me out of God. I'm out there. Lord, I got to give me something. I got to hit something. Hold on. I got something to slam. There we go. Boom. Be
2: the bell.
0: <laughs> New Year. Oh. So I don't have time to play with sin. I'm not trying to leave Jesus. I'm trying to get into what Jesus has put into me. You know, when Paul says that I may lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me, we never really got that the, That your job is to lay hold of the reason or crash hold of the reason that Jesus Christ passed you from death to life, that he put his spirit in you, that he changed you from a mortal to an immortal, from Adamic to Jesus, to Christ. See, those are important things. While you sitting there having Bible studies talking about, yeah, well, this is abstract, and this is poetic, and this is theoretic, and this is all of that. Mind, husband, in the case, Dr. Price is always there oh, go, Jesus, go. I'm into the man's technology, not just his theology. And if you're locked in his theology, his technology will benefit you nothing. Don't you love it? Baby, I'm so happy to be a Christian. I'm so good at it. I can tell you I am so good at being a Christian. And you know why? Because I'm not a Christian on paper. I'm not a paper Christian. I'm not a pew Christian. I'm an offspring of the Godhead Christian. A lot of y'all are paper Christians, book Christians, media Christians, you know, principal Christians, theological Christians, doctrinal Christians. I'm not. I am the man, Christ Jesus. That's why he entered me. So he can stretch himself out. He needs that. And I give him relax. So you want to stretch out? I got to I hear you, this. It was dying anyhow. It was going rotten. All tearing on. I said, Oh, you can. I'm upgraded. Like, even now, when I look at the upgrades, see, you all don't even know what. You listen to all of the people who didn't want to believe, and you got this unbelieving gospel that's profiting you, nothing talking about it. It's more fun to sin. It's more fun to seek Satan. Are you kidding me? The stuff, oh, come on. I'm going to shut up, Jesus, because you know. <sighs> but me and this man, enjoy, I look at this man, and I thought, oh, God, and you gave all this up to get on the cross? Bless your holy. I do I'm blessed your holy heart, your holy hallowed heart. Yes. I look at the angel, I look at the citizens of heaven, and I said, I'm that? He said, beneath your flesh, you're that? I said, well, come on, guys, let's go. And I do, we saw it. Hey, guys, we got to do this. I need you to go do this. And you know they do because we're family and we're all on the same mission.
1: Yeah.
0: The mission is to see to it that Jesus Christ gets his condition. you need to start looking for upgrades instead of looking for a bar to hop and a bed to fly. You need to be looking for upgrades because I'm going to tell you what, I I know why heaven reigns. I know why God is, and I know why we are a problem for Satan. I know why we're a problem. He would rather people buy into his dead, dark, doomed fragmented, fractured powers than to get the power plugged into the power source. It's like you getting your electricity from the company that's robbing the real electric company. Mm-hmm. It might work until there's a problem. Mm-hmm. At which point, you got to, you and them got to go to the electric company for the repairs, corrections, and perfections. Mm-hmm. So I am telling you that, you know, Christians, I need to tell you, get over this knockoff Christianity. This fake Christianity, this literally doomed Christianity. God dooms Satan. So everything he does is doomed. That's why what he does is cursed. Because he doomed it. The word doom actually comes from the word gain, which means the, the sentence of a legal pr- pr- proceeding that condemns a behavior or act and sentences you to imprisonment or oh, worse. See, we didn't know that? Because you're the doomsday prophet. I'm not a doomsday prophet. I'm a deoms day. Because I understand why God deemed this doomable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know why. I love this man. I love talking about him. I love teaching him and I love bragging on him. I'll brag on him all day long. Y'all sitting there, folks sitting there talking about, well, you know, Jesus is love. That's in fifty cent does what? Do you know Jesus loves everybody? He sent to hell, because he's loved, he's not angel. A nickel dime and a penny can't do anything with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when you when you want to now I'm gonna tell you now God you know God is who? she they God is a handful. But He's making you a handful for this world if you let him. Are you all following me? Are y'all a, a, are they been getting what I'm saying. Are you, I mean, is this thing, man, Whew. Jehovah Shalom.
2: Someone
0: said, I hope that's a strong death." <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know, and, and, and see, 2020 is where we're going to see eye to eye. With God, and God said, "My prophets are going to be eye to eye with me. My apostles are going to be eye to eye with me. We're going to look each other in the eye. And they're going to tell me if they're going to serve me or not. Ooh. There will be no more, no not need more kind of you know, crosstown abstract spiritual encounters. You're going, to, you're going to, if you're going to serve this man, you're going to know it, because he said, I need upgraded versions. You all are outdated, obsolete models. I'm not doing that any longer.'" Outdated, outmoded, absolutely, which means it served well in the past, and it, it, it does not have any place in the future. We just had a computer, wouldn't take a camera.
1: <laughs>
0: just, I mean, we're not computerized. What? Right? And I said, but that's, all, uh, that's what that old technology is to the almighty. Yeah. He can't plug what he's ready to do in. Need an upgrade. First, you need a, th- you know, you get a computer, you got to got a thousand downloads. You're not using that to say. No, no. <laughs> said it's a shame you buy a computer that
1: they can't use today. Nope. Yeah,
0: yeah. When do we ever get to that? So you got you got, you got to go to sleep, get a thousand updates.
1: <laughs> so if you had a paper that was
0: due, it's not making it. You better hop on to the library, <laughs> <laughs> cause you're, cause your computer is too busy trying to be modernized. Ooh. See, and that's the way we are. But Right now, the body of Christ is like a new computer, a new piece of te- uh, an old piece of technology that God needs to retrofit and reconfigure you for what he's facing. I've been saying to you all year long, are you ready for God's future? Are you ready? Because God, God has a future. You're not the only one with a future. Yours is very short. God's future has to outlast you. And what you leave behind, your love for him will say what you leave behind for him to use in his future for the future generation. Because I never knew why God was hot on generations. And, you know, people would talk about, well, because it's people and whatnot. No, generations are the utility of God's future.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Institutions are the facilities. Did anybody catch that? So if we don't give God strong utilities in in the future, right now, he can't do much with the generation that we're leaving right now. A lot of these people, he cannot do much. They don't fit his future because they're too outfitted for Satan. So they don't fit God's future. Your kid, you know, you when you told your kid it's okay if they didn't want to go to church and you didn't want to force your religion on them and you didn't want to force your Bible on them and now today they're a mess and they're a mess They can't even hear the message of Christ. That's what you gave Jesus with what he entrusted to you. You gave him nothing to work with and issues to wrestle with. All of that freedom, all that liberty, and yes, half of you all, your kids can go and watch all 8 versions, 20 versions of Harry Potter, then go to Disney and play in Harry Potter, and you really think God is going to bless you for giving him that to work with? Right. That is the height, the height of betrayal. So God can't do a lot with this generation that we freed so much that we freed them from Jesus. Yeah. And made him a twofold child of sin. So our job, because I'm clear, you know, that's that, here's me. I'm clear my job now is for us to truly create a body of believers who want to be Jesus. And we're not talking about the Jesus that they plaster on the a, a, on a cross and the little plaster of Paris Jesus that they put on Mary's head. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about the man who has kept creation since before time began. The plaster of parish Jesus. Kiss. Y'all all excited because y'all tattooed Jesus on you, and you never even saw the man.
1: Oh.
0: I'm looking at what y'all got, and I'm thinking, y'all don't know this man at all. Because yeah. <laughs> he is a super fine guy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! My, my. And you can't even get caught up in super fine because his power is so great. His personality is so engaging and you and, and engulfing. You can't even figure out. You can't even figure out what it is. I'm like, my own. I used to pass out. I'm starting to stay awake a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sleepers, sleepers, sleep, sleep, you know, I used to like uh, playing in the spirit, blood boiling, nervous system going, and uh, all night. And now I can say, hey, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: get a greeting on I can greet them, praise them, give a praise. You know what I say this because I want you to want him, and I want you to know that you haven't had. Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I talk about him like that because I want you. God said I'm gonna move you to jealousy. God wants to move you to jealousy because he's your Jesus too. He's your Jesus too. You just didn't want to do all that with your Jesus. Mm-hmm. I I told my Jesus I'm gonna suck your dry. Ain't gonna be nothing left. I'm telling you, bring me up now. I'm sure enough. Now, you know, that's saying something. Yes, I am. I said, I'm going to suck you, that I'm going to be all over you, That I'm going to be all down on your former feet. Yes, yeah, I'll be like Mary. I'm, I'm blessed, man. Because there is nothing but absolute exuding beauty. There is nothing but this ecstasy. And this is why he's doing business. You know, worlds are going down, others are coming up. Like, and he's just cool, calm, like really cool. I'm like, I said, but don't you you know, one day I said to God, but we're talking without you doing everything I need to do. He said, you keep forgetting all of you all are a piece of me. No, I got all my body moving. Not just the saints." And I thought about it. When it says everything comes out of him, I promise you, he, like that, produces anything he wants. His most difficult work is (laughs) us, And he brought that under by destroy, just, you know, destroying our dead DNA. I call that in Christ's dead nature now. So, he destroyed it. I want you to want him. This is the year he wants to be with you. This is the year he wants to show up with you. This is the year that he wants you to see him as he is. This is the year he wants you to hear him as he speaks. This is the year he wants you to cuddle up with him. This is the year that he wants to use you and arm you for what he's doing. This is that year. And he had to do it with me. We needed a model. We needed a template. We needed an image. And I'm not done yet. I'm I'm just moving to the, I think I'm getting to, he said, he told me yesterday, he said, We're almost done, I'm almost ready. I said, okay. <laughs> now, I think you all figures. do I know what that means? Absolutely, but I'm not telling you. You're going to have to go through yours like I went through mine, and trust me, darkness is not going to make it easy for you. Darkness is like, you ain't leaving me twice the game, you ain't leaving at all i saying that, uh you're going to get, no, you're here forever. God has to come and slap him in and know how you does. Yeah. So the way God strikes everything, did you all like that? Yes. Yeah. Did that? What well, the audience yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else did. the audience. <laughs> So, happy new year and welcome to AD 2020. Amen. Amen. We are not going to talk about the cursed eras. We're going to talk about 2020. Mm -hmm. Honey, man, Jesus. You know, he's a sugar man. I tell you, you wonder how to do that? Because I am so not reading books about Jesus. (laughs) I'm so not. I'm too busy caught up with the man himself. I'm telling you. First of all, when I realized that he's really a man, I thought, ooh. Because we think Jesus is something between God and man. Mm -hmm. Not that he's God and man. That he's some sort of a hybrid. He is not a hybrid. He is all man. All man. That's like saying your body is one thing and your soul is something else. So you have this hybrid. That's not, mm-mm. And I looked at him and said, and he, I said, a man that has no fear, zero fear, zero questions, zero doubt. I mean, I, he, you know, we why is he opera major Because he has zero, none of that, no attitude. But he's not. I, I said, he said to me the other day. He said, you know, Paul, I can do anything I want. And he said, I can do anything. He said, you all can't imagine anything I can't do. Mm-hmm. I said, oh okay. So I'm tired running down there. He said, that's not Because you know, we just flesh got to always test. <laughs> I just started running down some of the things in my mind, thought, well, I am yeah, no, No. No. I'm telling you. And he said, and I don't have to do it directly. I have angels. I have spirits. He said, my very thoughts accomplish what I want in my mind. I said, right, he said, that's why when a prophet gets them wrong, that's what's wrong with false prophecy. God didn't think it. And yet you're
1: speaking.
0: He said, y'all saying stuff that never entered my mind. Like, I, not, my mind covers everything. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. Are you having fun on oh, this? This is, this is not New Year's. History. This is New Year's, <laughs> two. <laughs> so now, I want to take you on a journey. Do you want to go on a journey with me? Because you haven't been. <laughs> uh-huh. So I gotta get this. I don't know who tangled me up like this. I got a shitty though Harley. Okay. So, if I can't keep it feeling something like something's coming out, I'm gonna have to bind and public. it. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Are you ready to go on a journey with me? Yeah. A while back, I talked to you all about. Hold on. Just a minute. Hold on. I'm not ready yet. I talked to you all about pedigree prophets, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, a lot of you all were opened by non-pedigree prophets, mixed breeds, hybrids. Mm-hmm. so you are a hybrid prophet, a little bit of Jesus, more of the world, and a lot more Satan, so you're hybrid, you're composite, because purity was not in your mind. And, and it was hard. Like there are a lot of prophets out there that are amazing. They may not be highly developed, but they are pure. If they're gonna open their mouth, there's gonna be Jesus, and you're gonna know it. That's just the way it is. Now they would love to have a broader, probably a broader reach or context or something like that. But in the end, in the grand scheme of things, they are pedigree. And so, the reason, how do you know if you're a pedigree prophet? Don't you want to know? Yes. Yes. Do they want to know? Yes. They didn't say something. Huh? Sure, they did. When did they say it? <laughs> <laughs> they said it for real. <laughs> right, let's go. <laughs> I love it. This is a let's go. I just wanted to make sure you wanted to know. Because this is dangerous stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to make or break you and a lot of relationships. Yeah. So. Can they see that? I can see it on here. Okay. Do you see the word cloud? I have found word clouds. And I realize that they are an excellent tool for profit. because profit, prophecy is all about speaking. And if you have a limited vocabulary, your prophecies will be limited, susceptible to error, <laughs> often incomplete, sketchy, etc. So let's look at some of this. I just really am grateful to God to uh, be able to do this. Let me see. So let me put my glasses on so I can see. So this week is going. up uh, I'm giving you tools in January for testing your prophetic pedigree. Many of you were genuine with God when God called you to be a prophet. You then ran around and you searched here and there to try to find out who could get you ready. Unfortunately, you searched according to your preferences mm-hmm. and not according to your destiny. Right. Because not everybody can train the, every prophet. I don't expect to because there are a lot of people who don't like my standards. They just feel like it shouldn't be that hard if it's just talking and seeing and saying how deep can it be. So I train elite. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't apologize for it. You can go out there and call me whatever you want to call me because I'm going to tell you right now, God calls me glorious, and he calls me faithful. And so what he calls me matters. I train the elite. What is the elite to me? The ones who want the whole package and who want to be the best of the best, who wants to be able to compete and face off and win. That's the elite, my definition. Not just that they're the top tier, but you're the top tier because you have thought their, your way up. So I train the elite. I'm for comprehensive. I'm the comprehensive trainer. I am, not a, I am truly training experts and specialists, not just practitioners and prophesyers. Now, there are people to do that. Bless them. And I'm with you. But then, you know, there are universities, and then there are tiers in universities their colleges and tiers and colleges so i'm training the elite so if you want to be the elite i'm for you my program is for you it's structured it's potent it's automa- it's automatic it's it's, it's it's systemic and systematic so i, I need you to know that cuz you're going to go to drfallwright.com and you're going to go and you're going to go through our enrollment process to be really great and then you want to go to class and say ah right, man i'm <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a and I am just and not it ain't easy. I'm not the easy yoke. You need to go to the easy streets. Okay? Because what God has stated is not easy. And, and the forces and the way these, these are cultures have been trained, you all are like candy to them. Because I train those who can move, that heaven moves with, and that God can back. So, anyway, I just needed to give you that little pep talk so that when you go, you're like, well, I just, I mean, it takes up my whole life. Yes, yeah, so any war does. And training for war is a lifetime work yes. and preparation. And if you've got two weeks of training, that's because you're not in the war. You're going to carry the shoes, carry the boots, carry the water, <laughs> and clean your streets. That's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. Because the powerful are always sought out. People seek power. And because the church doesn't exhibit power, folk aren't seeking it. That's right. mm. But I'm a different breed and a new brand. So let's look at this. Look at this. Now, the question is, who awakened you prophetically and how did they do it? How were you awakened? Were you awakened in some Bible study circular thing where people were just digging into spiritual information? Or were you awakened in a with you and God giving you a word and then testing you to see if you come back for more and if you would make it up? How were you awakened? Were you awakened by astrology? Were you awakened by uh, you know a witchcraft, sorcery? Were you awakened by a psychic? Because some of y'all were awakened by psychics and thought you were prophetically awakened because they told you psychics and prophets the same thing in different kingdoms. No, no, no. Prophets predate psychics. We are the superior. I'm telling you, and when God can train them the way He needs to train us, that superiority shows. You realize that neither one of us are gonna give up ground. I'm not giving up like no, no, not an iota, and my prophets know that. I do not train them to feel inferior. I do not call inferiority humility. I don't train them to be cowardly because a coward would do nothing but sell you out. I train them to be warriors, the high of the high, the top of the top. Now, you won't need to hear that because you're so unaccustomed to hearing that kind of language applied to anything ministerial. Because everything is about love and grace. First of all, honey, let me tell you something. When I'm trying to defend myself, I'm not loving on a criminal. So you all have misguided love, misplied love, misplaced love, because it's your catch-all phrase. And it's the wastebasket of your rebellion. I don't have that. The fact that I love God and love people, that's a foregone conclusion, like it is for God. Now, now what are we doing with that love? And what you do with God's love is atrocious, because you sell the man out. You use it as an excuse. It becomes your cover story for not doing what he says or not standing up and not fighting for what he gave you. But see, prophets don't have that luxury because God starts everything with a prophet. Everything. And everything means everything. So prophets who are listening to me right now, you you should get your prophets on the line. They ought to be listening. Now, some of you say, but they can hear it later, and they can But this is a powerful anointing. of the 21st century, have got to go back to school. You have got to open up. You cannot hold on to what's passed on. You cannot say, well, this is my, my flag sheet, chip is my prophecy to some world figure. That figure is dead. It doesn't matter. What are you going to say to the world figures who are rising today, who are different, who are trained, who are potent, and who are determined? We don't, most, most of our prophets aren't determined because they're too busy displaying their gifts. You're gift-driven. I'm not gift-driven. I'm kingdom-dominant. I am here to dominate my piece of the kingdom for the king. I'm dominant. You know, when they talk about your faculties, they call them domains. Do they not? They call your faculties domain, cognitive domain. We still have sphere. They're a domain. Effective domain. Well, the prophetic has a domain where we are to dominate for the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that domain? That is God's word sent to earth through specially outfitted humans. So who awakens you prophetically? I always liken this as to who stole somebody's virginity. Daddy, uncle, pervert, break-in, molester. Because at some point, your purity was opened, and whether was it opened by rupture or revelation? Ooh. See, some of you all were ruptured, and you were ruptured before you were strong enough to survive. Wow. So all you did was hemorrhage. So you have to go back. And, and deal with the fact that you were ruptured. Why am I saying that? You were ruptured by an occultist. Hallelujah! They just saw your baby prophets and decided, ah, I'm gonna jump in there now. That spirit on them jumping there now. You were ruptured by your astrology, watching that sign, studying your sign all the time. You were ruptured by the horoscope. You could not help <laughs> yourself because you had this inkling, this 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 glimmer, and of a of. of, of of, uh, enlightenment and, and, and illumination that was not getting fed. So it started being that that way. Some of you all were hijacked from God long before you even knew you were a prophet. Others have you were you were awakened by another religion. You got you think sitting there talking about the Buddhist text. How do you think this man, these people who are falling into this, get there? Because they were awakened wrongly, or they wandered away from security and wandered in the camp. Of doom. Some of you all, you were awakened by your other religion, and, and and this is what they told you. When everybody has a prophet, you're right. Everybody has a prophet, but you like I said, I'm for the elite. So is Jesus. He wants the most like him. That's the prophet he wants, the most like him, and not just like him and and, and decreeing the word, because we act like when Jesus speaks, it's all about the, 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 the sound and it's all about the audiation. It's not just the audiation that God is interested in. It's the implementation. And so God needs you to understand that. So some of you all, you were opened by false religions. Others were opened by false prophets. Some of you all were opened by perverts. Your prophetics were opened to a sexual encounter. Yeah. Wow. Because I'm passing on my mantle. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay.
0: Who awakened you prophetically, and how did they do it?
1: <laughs> what
0: happened? <laughs> oh yeah, 'cause see that's common. That's common. See some of you are done. some of you are awakened awakened by shaman. Mm-hmm. You were awakened by witches. You were awakened by astrologers. You were awakened by cultures. You were awakened by wizards. You were awakened by anything because your prophet spirit was reaching its time of maturity, and it was moving from puberty to adolescence. And that window of time between your prophetic puberty and your prophetic adolescence, you were invaded and degraded. So you have Think about it. Now, I'm saying this over the broadcast so that you can, with discretion, go back to that day and talk to the Lord Jesus and see how he wants to purge you. We had major prophets taking you all to, to witches and warlocks and, and a, 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 you know, prophets and proper liars and psychics yeah. and so and telling you it's all the same. Well, it's not the same. The Nabium is not the Greco-Roman prophet. To not be him is a different thing. Now, we have prophets of Baal. Some of you all, that's a bedroom prophet. Everything is about your sexuality because Baal's considered others. Others have prophets of Jezebel. You're that prophet. See, you didn't understand that. You had your Jezebel awakening so that you can start roaming in the supernatural, acquiring and becoming a recruiter of future prophets. And see all of that was fine, because it takes a lot, everything starts and God is a seed. So all of that was was happening, but it was a seed. So you really didn't know. Your spirit knew, but you didn't listen because you paid more attention to the awakener. So when we look at this, the first thing you want to talk about is your prophetic prosthetic. Let's investigate your spiritual awakener. And then let's investigate your prophetic awakening. And then let's go back to the site of your awakening. Where was it? Where was it that you were awakened? And who was there? Was it public or private? Because these are things that God knows. And these are things that God is holding and judging. So he determines. You understand that with the the wayward prophets and uh, with Jeroboam, Where he was sent to give a message to Jeroboam, and God said, "Go and don't drink water there. Don't eat food. Don't greet anybody. Give the wording leave. Get out of the city. Get out of the boundaries of the city right away." But he, see, he, his ego, his ego, set him up to be destroyed. So I believe it's First Kings thirteen. His ego set him up to be destroyed. So where, so he, he's got it. He, he goes to a prophetic meeting, prophetic conference, and all the prophets are there. And God has this newbie, this novice, this neophyte. And he sends him in because he was outwardly disruptive and rebellious throughout training. He was always not disobedient so God could count on him being disobedient so he could take him out. So he goes and he prophesies to Jeroboam, and he really prophesies to the altar. O altar, O altar. And he tells Jeroboam that his bones are going to be burnt on that altar. And Jeroboam reached out to touch him, and God was on him, and Jeroboam's hand turned leftward, and he drew back in hand. And so he delivered the word. And so it's like, you know, you're, I'm able to deliver the word to the head of state to the head of the Sabbath, and he was, and all the prophets were, wow, you dare talk to the king like that? You dare talk to him? I mean, I, well, he's the king. We don't talk to him like that. So all protocols were breached. God violated all of the protocols, the dignity, and it was exciting for, for, for them to watch. So they go home, and they tell their chief prophet, there's a new one coming in town, up and coming. Now, here's an interesting thing. So why did God tell him uh, to leave and not drink the water, not do anything, but get out of town fast because God knew I sent you to come against the king.
1: Yeah.
0: And king's fight that. And you need to be gone. You need to not be able to be found because they're going to dispatch an army to take you out. Because when you come against a ruler, you better know you sit in the seat of God. And you better know that God is sitting there with you. Okay, because otherwise you need to understand people, what he say? I'm very far in saying people are not in power for no reason. So you better know that God is with you, and you better obey God to the letter. So he goes, and his, the, the, the prophetic God goes to the chief prophet, new guy in town, boy, did he tell the king off, and he said this, this, and this, and so the old prophet wants to meet the replacement. Wants I meet the new God, this guy has shipwrecked his destiny because of his evil.
1: Yeah.
0: So they call him, and they say, go get it. He sends the prophets to get him. And he's so excited, these vocal prophets, these high-renowned prophets are coming to get me. Woo! This is great. I'm in. I'm in the crowd. I'm in the club. I'm in. So he goes, and he sends them, and they take him, and they bring him to the old prophet. And old prophet says, come. Now, already... He, they shouldn't have been able to find him. Right, right. He should have because he said, go another way. Some of you all did not want to go the other way. And so he sends him, and, he, and they come, bring him back to the house, and he says, hey, have dinner with me. And he said, oh, I can't have dinner with you because the Lord told me that I cannot eat food or drink water in this place and that I must leave. First of all, you already broke the first one laying under the tree, yeah. celebrating your moment. So he goes, and he says, yeah, but an angel. Uh, we downgrade. Now your source of prophecy is an angel, that's divination. An angel talked to me. He downgraded it from prophecy to divination. He said, an angel talked to me and told me it's all right. So he goes, and he believes this old God because of prestige, because of esteem, because of renown, because he has all of these prophets around him. Certainly he has to be something God approves. He turns around, and trust me, some of you all have done it. You chose what the world approved, even though you didn't know you were called Paul for the future. He was for the future. Sit down, eat, and soon as he has a meal, the old prophet begins to tell him, oh, by the way, I
1: lied.
0: <laughs> mm. Thus says God, and the old prophet gave him verbatim the word that God gave him before he dispatched him on that assignment. And he said, and so a lion's going to eat you (laughs) because lions represent rulership. Mm -hmm. He says you mishandled your rulership assignment. And, And you can read the account, the account is tragic, but amazing. And I said, but when, when you do your job and you do it the way God wants, you give God something to work with. But God's got to judge disobedience. He's got to judge rebellion because none of it is his. He can't be known as the God that can't back his word. He can't be known as the God that allows you to change his word and count man and He cannot do that. So he has to release you. He downgraded him from his, his encounters with the Almighty, with Yahweh, down to an angel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the angel of a false prophet. So who awakened you, and how was it awakened? What was the site of your awakening? You need to look at that. And I'm giving you this because I want you to be able to pray and ask God. And before you go joining whatever prophetic company you want and whatever guard you want and all of that, you need to pray and say, God, what's in this person? For example, we have the, you need to ask some difficult questions, and you can see it on this thing. You need to know the human awakeners prophetic characters. Who was the parent of the person who awakened you? We could track Joshua to Moses. We can track Elisha to Elijah. We can track Samuel's group, Ahijah, and all of those other people. You need to know who is the parentage because that is the spiritual gene pool that you yourself is being drawn into. So who was that? You know? And what kind what of prophet was that awakening? At? What about the sacred text? The sacred text has to do with whether it's the Bible, whether it's the Quran, whether it's the Bible, whether it's just the Satanist Bible, whether it's a book of whatever, whether it's somebody, I bought everybody's book, that's fine, but you need to make sure that it's the book that go with your spirit, because your prophet spirit is what we treat. And we treat it over and over again, and, and before we can treat it, we must prime it. and we must condition it. And if we don't get to prime it and condition it, then you need to recognize we're not the one. That so I know very clearly who are mine because of how they speak. I interview them. I don't, you know, just showing up. I'll just, Lord, I don't care about your Come on, here yeah, all can prophesy. I don't prophesy. I don't know. maybe twenty thousand pages. And most of the books are the Bible. So that's not it. Verbalization, vocalism. See. Specialist, not vocalist. Say that. Specialist, not vocalist. Let's say it again. Specialist, not vocalist. So you all want to stop at vocalizing, verbiage. But that's not what a prophet does. And you are going to find out as we go forward in, in something like this. So let's talk about the, uh, the uh, human awakening spiritual period. Uh, what they, do they have a past in their cult? Are they former astrologists? Are they former Wiccans? Are they former, uh, you know, um, horoscopers, you have to know that. You have to know, and they should be able to tell you honestly. Because if they admit it honestly, then you need to look for the signs that they are set free. Hmm. This is not a matter of saying, "Oh, because you were you can." This is a matter of saying, "But are you purged? Spiritual purity? Have you been purified? Have you been purged?" You need to understand that. How about the a, a big one here? human awakener character? What is the character of the person? And are they of the caliber that you're going to be? Because, see, some of you all are awakened by prophecy that was given by a prophesier and not a prophet. Okay. So a gift prophesied, and it awakened you, and God used that because that was in the vicinity, but you went and thought that's where you're supposed to stay. Just because somebody awakens you doesn't mean that they are to nurture and develop you. Mm. How about the prophecy text? How much do you hear the, our predecessor prophets in your awakeners' mouth and words? Let's talk about spiritual genealogy. Just because they're prophetic doesn't mean they come from the spirit of Christ. Is this helping? How about the leadership style? Are they bossy, invasive, pushy, nurturing? collaborative, you need to know. Because until you are ready to be released on your own, they're your leader. And you need to understand what their leadership style is. What about their standing with God? Isn't that what you like to know? Because if you are awakened by a prophet under God's judgment, you are trained for judgment. And that judgment falls on you. You know, when you are uh, developed or nurtured by anybody who's compromised, their compromise becomes your character. Mm. And then, what was their prophetic path? Like, okay, I was awakened five years ago. What have you been doing since? And can I see that? Can I understand that? And again, we talked about gift versus office. And what about the quality of your of a human awakeners lineage? You know, I mean, when we think about the grace of the world, you know, you think people look for your lineage. They look for your offspring. Timothy from, uh, from Paul. Anybody who knew Paul took Timothy at face value. So you want to know the lineage, and you don't, you don't just look at the prophet look at their fruit. Go talk to the prophet that they authorized. Go talk to the prophets that they developed and find out if, in fact, you want to be that brain or if God is calling you to it. And sometimes he's going to say, this is it. And other times he's going to say, no, no, that's not for you. You're not fitted for that. You're not suited for that. And then you want to check out things like the reach. You want to check out the spiritual protocol, Christ and the God. There's a whole lot for you, as you can see, for you to look at before you say, you know what, I'm going to choose you. Now, you can short-circuit it by just asking God. But many times God tells you and you don't like who he tells you. <laughs> so you want God to give you, you know, plan B. And then you want to be an A-class prophet. You went to God's plan B for you. They're not B-class because of being, not being chosen. They're B-class for God for you. Are you, are you all following me? Mm-hmm. So you need to understand where you are. And then what are the instruments? There are certain prophetic instruments that are just, to us, they are specific to our calling, specific to our mantle, specific to the way we think, the way we're built. Will they work for you? Because there, if you're called to be a short-order cook, you don't need high dollar knots. But if you're called to be a high chef, You do, because everything has got to start from the top. Everything about a top anything starts with the top so that we can get to the peak. I hope this is um, really helping you all. And then can we talk about the prophetic class? Sorry, click the button. Talk about the prophetic class. What class of prophets? Are you talking about the prophet who is going to minister to community? Prophet is going to minister to the local church? Prophet going to deal with the people on the street? Prophet is going to deal with the, the, the mayor's office? What, what are they? High community? Um, you need to know because it doesn't mean you shouldn't be with them, but it will tell you that you have to time out of them mm-hmm. so that God can get you ready. Some of you stay with your, your original awakener too long because you felt like it was supposed to be a lifetime, lifelong arrangement, and not for the season it took to prepare you for the next level. Mm. So um, while you all, uh, before we come, uh, do we have any questions or comments within like to ask questions or something like that?
2: I know, somebody had a question earlier. I'm trying to think. It was um, something like, is prophecy only for the church?
0: No, it's not. Um, According to Joel 2.28 and Acts 2, um, I think it's 2.15-17, it said God said he's going to pour out of his spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What does that say? All means all. So everybody, God really, by making that statement, is saying the whole of heaven is taking back the medium called prophecy and regulating it and managing it according to the will of God. And then he said, but on your main service, uh, on my main and my servants, service, or on my handmaidens and, and my servants, I'm pouring out of my spirit. Now that comes out of the text of Christ. Mm. So we have Christian and non-Christian prophecy. You all ready? Who's going to take the question? Someone else can take it. Uh huh. If they have one, but if not, we can certainly discuss. (laughs)
1: Huh?
2: <laughs> I look at
3: it. Yeah.
1: one. have one? Yes.
3: Do you have to nurture
0: yourself in some situations? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, my book that I'm um, writing right now. Is about the ability to do that. There are times that there just are no quality or compatible people around. And so you have to do it yourself. So this is about, the book is a do-it-yourself guide. It's entitled Assessing Yourself Prophetically. and It's a do-it-yourself guide for you to get you ready until God can connect you with his human developer. That's a very good question. Would you like to speak to that? No,
3: absolutely, I- I would just say to that, I, we get a lot of calls like that into our office in terms of, especially when people have done their assessments and they're going through their advisement, they're realizing that, you know, until I can either determine my God-appointed mentor or I can get to the place where my mentor is or whoever's going to nurture me, I do have to nurture myself. I think that that's where what you talked about in terms of spiritual purity comes into play. Um, you have to be careful of what you're choosing to nurture yourself with. Yeah. You know, nurturing yourself doesn't mean just picking know 25 prophetic books from Barnes and Noble and just going for it you know there has to be discernment right yes we have to kind of decide what prophetic stream am I am I going to for my nurturing for my development I think that that is so key you know what I mean so it's like if you trust a prophetic voice you need to stick with that voice you need to stick with their books their materials, right? You know, other than rather than just it's a free for all. You're you're absorbing every prophetic thought that ever was, without
0: filters, without guards, without um, ability to to uh, discriminate or dissect what you're getting. Yeah. Would you like to speak to that as well? Uh, yes, I think that this self-nurturing
2: sometimes is how people get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Is because you don't know. We are so. Steered toward finding a mentor Mm -hmm. to bypass education. Mm
1: -hmm. This is true.
2: And how I remember when you taught us years ago, when you get into school, things going to change with the Lord. He's going to pull back. He's going to stand back because He wants you to come under the tutelage and the training of the program. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would say that pushing toward education is very important before. Finding that mentor mm-hmm. because you have to come to a place of readiness to find somebody mm-hmm. who can then take what you learn mm-hmm. to the next yeah. place or the next level. You have to be ready, which is why I talk about being ready for a mentor. Yeah,
1: that's important.
2: And if somebody, let's just take somebody like you, is going to crack and cut time out of your life, out of your schedule to pour into somebody else there has to be a measure of proving that you have to have already achieved in order to qualify for mentorship. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes think that that one-on-one is the first thing that we should look for. And not necessarily part of almost like your elevation or graduation, not saying
0: that you don't have people who don't mentor you along the way. Well, I like the fact that you said that qualifying, one of the things that, um, I think one of the things that I really encourage Is that you hear God? If you're a real prophet, God is a real father, but He's also very watchful, very protective over young prophets. You have to go some before He releases you and stops. You know, when He realizes I've given you three or four instructions uh, of counsel and you're off doing you've ignored them all, then He knows you want to go the way of man, and so He'll let you go the way of humanity. You'll have you'll have nothing but humanist prophets and. Humanist speakers and all of that, and you'll deal with humanist issues. But if you stay with God, you're going to do it. One of the things we do have is that we have the uh, assessments. We have the MAQ, the Minister the, uh, Assessment Questionnaire. We have the PAQ, the Prophetic Attitude Questionnaire. And we also have one for councils. So you don't have to go it alone. These are web based. You go online, drpaulaprice.com. And you say, you start with the MAQ because you need to find out if you should be in that sphere. Yes. And then from there, you move into the PAQ to find out who you are or who you are called to be in that sphere. From there, Price University has a prophetic ed program. And we encourage those who are called to it to enroll in the prophetic ed program. Now, so you don't even have to be alone like that any longer. You, You know, they all use my book. Amen. <laughs> they all use my book. But you still should know. You know, God has worked very diligently over the last several decades to see to it that He can put as many tools in our hands as possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And quality tools. And so now you're at a place where the Lord can actually say, Go take a yeah. and, and and most of you you don't take it because you go talk to a prophet who doesn't believe in assessment. Sure. See, so you've already told God his word doesn't have a first place in your life mm-hmm. or that you don't know what God said. And and, and that's, if you want to offend him, to affront him, do that. He said, I say go take an assessment, go take it because I know what I'm doing. You're my prophet. I made you. I'm proving you to serve me and not me. And so you'll go take the assessment, and then you'll you'll, you'll get upset about the results. I don't care. I know what God says. If he told you to take this assessment, didn't you think he'd know what it was Uh say? So then after that, he tells you where to go train, Uh And wherever he sends you, you should go where God says because they carry the tools of your mantleship, the tools of your spirit. They carry that, and it will immediately connect. But when you go, go to be trained. Don't go to perform surgery before you become a doctor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't go to try a case before you pass the bar. Go to learn. And it's very difficult for prophets to do that because prophets have so much one-on-one with God, they think it exempts them from God's systems Mm -hmm. and the rules for God's public. So make sure that you... You do that. Uh, you want to start with your blue, because like yeah, she thinks she's like a long time
3: Yeah, no, so many good things today. I wanted to go back to what you talked about before with the unique spirit, because you were tying destiny to the spirit realm, so then oh, yeah. what you're destined to do is determine I think this just it ties just so, so well into, you know, several books, obviously you've written concerning this issue, but also a lot of the purpose, scriptures, Psalm 139, things of that nature, but you understand that you are made mm-hmm. from the foundation of the world, so even before we hit the planet, our destiny is determined, but I think that this, this goes well into a discussion for prophets because there's always that question of, can I become a prophet? Truly, you know, can I become a prophet, or am I already a prophet that needs to learn how to step into what God gave me? And I think that's an important discussion. Mm -hmm. We get that all the time, you know, especially you're just talking about the assessments. you know, as people are taking those assessments, and you're just worrying with your mind Mm -hmm. about, you know, what really am I? So I think that that's so important that you're You talked about that your destiny really does, it's determined by whatever spiritual makeup you have, and that spiritual makeup was given to you before anybody talked to you, before your parents named you, before anybody shaped you, before anybody touched you, that this was something that God crafted you to do. So I just think it's an important discussion for prophets to to grasp, right? That if you're going to, if you're you're called, if God's called you to be a prophet, then that's something that he formed you. This is where Jeremiah 1 becomes so key, Mm -hmm. I think, to us as prophets. So I thought that was really powerful. You talked about that your spirit has an anatomy as well. Uh, Just that that statement that you make, these are spiritual things that just, uh, you know, you talked about the fact that we look for purpose in the wrong places. And I just, as, as you were talking about this, I was thinking I really wanna do a segment with you with the young people about this, for them to understand as well where their destiny really comes from. Does it come from the fact that my parents told me I should always be this? Does it come from the fact that a prophet prophesied to me, you know, where really does my purpose Begin,
0: where is it originate? So I thought that was powerful. I think that I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, you know how much I love to minister to the young generation. I'm figure if I can get up 1st amen. How be sure. But um, your spirit, and, and I, when I do classes on spirituality, you know, most times we, we just do classes on the Holy Spirit and that your spirit is there and somewhere the two interact and, and, you know, hopefully all turns out well. Um, but but really, everything about you was done before the foundation of the world, and so your spirit has to facilitate your existence, and it can't just facilitate your existence by just hanging out there. It has to it has to tie into why God made you. Often, you are working destiny unconsciously. Meaning, all of the attributes, elements, and, and faculty, <coughs> as well as the inclination, what inclines you, what, what, what you keep leaning to, what you keep drawn to, what you draw to, it's already working. You just need to sit down and take notice, because it's working. When I realized that... I've always done this in small scale, small parts. I always like to say anatomically or uh, atomically, very small. Um, I didn't know that ultimately as I grew up and it became trained and nurturing and all of that, that it would become a full-fledged economy for me. And I don't mean just economy in dollars and cents, but economy, the economy of your life is in your spirit. Yeah. So. That means everything that gives you purpose in your spirit. So you, if you, if your destiny is really functioning, then it's telling you, it's announcing your purpose, and it's letting you know. That baby, I always use an example because I had one baby that just sang all the time. That baby that sings and sings and sings and sings, that's destiny. Developing for a Korean singer is perfect. And so when you, some of you, the kids draw and, and, and whatever, uh, that's destiny. My grandson at six could draw full-fledged cartoons, figures. We still didn't know how he could do it, but that was destiny. The fact that he went to school was purpose. Now, purpose fulfilled is following all the way in to the economy thing, the, that economy, that currency. That their destiny now turns into a currency that supplies your life. See, that kind of stuff is what you need to learn. Not just you just need to believe God and fast, because your destiny gonna work hungry or go. <laughs> that kids that can't stop writing poems. But what happens is you get under the wrong parents, and the wrong parents will shipwreck a destiny because parents think they're God. And they, want, and they think it's their child's duty to fulfill what they shipwrecked, to fulfill what they neglected, and they abandoned. Now I got my job shipped and got married too soon, but you're going to do it. Why? You, you, if you didn't do it, then it wasn't done. Me doing it is not going to help you. What I eat won't make you fat. And injecting me won't heal you. So parents need to get out of the way. That's what I love about prophetic parents. And, and, and astute parents and apostolic parents. And there are some powers that are like, you know what? That was my life. I made that choice. I have no right to impose my failure as your destiny. Ooh. And that's a big thing. Some of you all need to get off your kids' back and step back and observe. Observe how they handle life. Observe what they do. And how they be, because it's very easy to discover your child's destiny if you just shut up, like I had to learn, and observe. You know, I have I, mean, I have my one of my daughters, I just absolutely never did it, but she's been a fighter since she was nine months old. The girl fought the nurses, doctors, hospitals. She fought everybody. The girl just can't help her. She's just a fighter. Goes in the military, finds her place, gets out of the military, becomes a police officer, finds her place. And as long as she's in that thing, that person that got me control. And so some people are bleeding destiny and and, and, and it takes an astute prophet, it takes an astute trainer, mentor to know you're sleeping, your destiny is bleeding all over the place. It's sleeping, and you're miserable. You're on pills, you're on medication, you're getting therapy, but all you have is a destiny that is so important to God, it's urgent, and because it's urgent, it's insistent, it's pressing in on you and it's taking over what is standing in its way. Hmm. You got time one more reading Yeah. You got time for one more question. She takes Chicago people. Did we have another question? Okay, well while she's doing that, let's take
1: a
3: question.
0: Okay. The so next question is is it possible to be prophetically awakened more than once? Well no, no prophetic doesn't go to sleep like that. You can I mean and I say that in the strictest sense of the word. If you say, "Okay, i am been gone. I ignored mine, and I didn't let it work, and all of that," then, um, and I need to be awakened. No, you didn't. You suppressed it. And there's a difference between suppression and sleeping or inactivity. So you suppressed your profession. but they don't go dormant. But they don't go dormant. They were working. They were just working wrong. They were working beneath your subconscious. They were working without your. Because if you go through it. You're gonna find out. Yeah, but it, I mean, you know, it, I don't know how I knew. It. I just said it. I didn't know how I knew, it, but I just going to say it. I just knew, it. and that's because it is a faculty, like your eyes, like your brain, like your heart, like your mind. It's a faculty to facilitate activity. Faculties facilitate activity. So, any cat, tar- I I want you just? To- yes, yeah, do. <laughs> And so, because you don't realize, we have so taught you about anointing, we didn't teach you about faculties. And so you have faith in an anointing, which is the apothecary of how you, God makes you do what you do. And that has to be actually enlivened by an external person. So you have an anointing, but you don't realize that your anointing can only work according to your faculties because that's innate to you. That's inherent. Mm-hmm. So you can try to mimic Dr. Price's anointing. You won't. You can, it, it, you can it mimic my expression. You can it mimic my exhibition. You know, the way I say things, the way I move my hands or whatever. But what drives me, that's something different. And that's that spirit. The spirit drives you. You know, the Holy Spirit drew Jesus into the world to be tested of God. So you... Uh, you know, we've given you so much misteaching, Mm -hmm. because we attempted to answer questions for which we had not researched, that we had not dug into deep enough, but because the pressure was on us in these last eras. Well, I won't say us, because that's not me. But but as a collective, the pressure was on us to help you understand God. We so wanted you to get it, that we gave you a lot of spontaneous, impulsive answers that didn't bear out in the institution itself. This institution is old. It didn't need us to do a lot of guessing. huh? It's old. It's an old institution. It's existed before the foundation of the world. And so right now, I see my role as bringing, just filling in the blanks and cracking open some of the pods, some of the seeds, so that you can get a better handle on it we we'll give you one more question, and then you and you. Okay. How does one know when they have found their prophetic mentor? Um, first of all, your mentor, any mentor, prophetic or not, you know, I'm hot on mentors. <laughs> you should not have a mentor who does not recognize you by the Spirit of God. They recognize you. They understand who you are. They understand your journey. See, you cannot have a mentor. Somebody can't get you to a destination if they don't appreciate your journey. Mm-hmm. So they understand your journey. They know how. They know immediately how you got to be you are, where you are. Now they may not be able to articulate it right away, but they have the discernment. They can do that. They can also detect your compatibility, or potential compatibility, compatibility with them, or likelihood of getting tired of them and leaving. Like I've had people say to me, you know, God says you're my mentor. I'm like, are you kidding? You don't like to be told what to do. That's all I do right now. <laughs> in the so I'm sure I'm not your mentor. Not it. Mm-hmm. Because, and then that you also know because your your ordained mentor brings out something in you that you don't give anyone else. Like you will listen to your mentor even if you're headstrong. You'll comply. Yes. You'll conform because they bring out in you the very abilities and the very responses that affect the domain, not just the cognitive. They bring out in you whatever will cause your will to allow you to be grown. Yeah. Your mentor will soften your will. I got some of the most hard headed Out going? the mouth. And now you can't tell them two ounces or nothing. But when I speak, because I am who God put in their soul, they listen. They go home and fuss about me, tell God they don't know why and when, when how long, and when. I, And come back, okay, Dr. Price, the Lord told me
2: (laughs) that.
0: And I have hundreds of them, not just those you hear here. With people, I will pick up the phone and say, blah, blah, blah. One person said to me, you know what, I would take that from no one else. Because I'm a sign. And that which is a sign to your life is attached to your soul. And that soul attachment becomes the umbilical cord that causes them to feed you and you to receive from them. If you don't get nourished by your mentor, forget it. If they all they do is make you mad, if all they want you to do is carry and tote and lift and clean house and take care of baby, that's not a mentor. Okay, that's an attendant. And you need to know the difference. And a lot of you all are serving mentors, and you hardly get twenty seconds with your mentor because they too busy being grand. <laughs> okay, so you. And, and lastly, I would say. Um, if I could make it just hopefully sum it up, your mentor makes you want to be, A, the best you that you can be, and B, their brand or model. Their model literally forges your brand. Does that gonna help? Yes, I do. Okay. Did you? Who? who, who? Do you want to get a the time? Yeah, you want to no. say? She can talk for <laughs> 19 hours, or she can talk for 23 so <laughs>
2: Together, the evening in the morning. Um uh, since we're on this subject of metric, the when you said the awakeners are not always the nurturers.
1: <laughs>
2: so let me ask a question.
1: I will ask the question.
2: How can someone know if the person who awakened them is not the person who will take them into authority?
0: A couple of things. When I was awakened, God would send me to various little prophetic pods and he's got a bunch of them out there. And that goes to them. And they, talk, they would awaken me. They would affirm me. They would anoint me. They would lay hands and the the ghost move. But they could not answer my questions. Hmm. They could not um, deal with my inquisitiveness. They and they said it. They, and this is what they say. Well, you know, God will have to tell you because um, you know, you have things that okay. Don't, don't so if they cannot feed you beyond the awakening encounter, then they are there. They're the midwives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have prophetic midwives that we try to make mentors. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. And so, myth like was to bring you into existence. I'd like to talk to you all like this because i like to give you a language, articulation, terminology that helps fill the gaps for you because you all knew this in your spirit. Your spirit knew it. Spirit it. Mm-hmm. But we have to get it from the spirit to the world. And so, Many times, you are staying stay with somebody because you're all loyal and faithful and caring on because, you know, they, they don't, you know, pay a bill and stay in your apartment and whatnot. But that is not destiny. That's welfare. That's aid. That's Literally, that's aid. You can't confuse your prophetic calling and destiny with people's generosity or gratuity. Wow. And many of you are with the wrong person for loyalty reasons. And one thing I'll just say, loyalty is the grandest thing you can have. But loyalty to the wrong person is devastating. Mm-hmm. Because you know in your heart that if it wasn't for what they have done for you, you would not like that person or you would not want to stay with that person or you would want something better than that person. And if that's what you're feeling right now, it's time for you to cut ties Thank you, buy some cake, buy cookies, set a card, get some Walmart cards, I don't know, gift cards, and you go on and to take care of you because God is not going to bless you for being loyal to someone who did you a good deed. Because mm. prophecy is not about good deeds. And some of you are stuck in that. I'm talking to somebody in particular right now. You're struggling because you know. You're not getting what you should have. You know that the person has taken you as far as they can take you. You know that they don't want to admit that they have taken you that far because people hate the great times. That's a normal reaction. But just like your uh, college education and high school education were your responsibility, so is your prophetic development. You are responsible for it and you're accountable to God for whether or not it's useful to him for the purpose for which he gave it to you. So some of you right now, you need to write lovely letters. You need to send forgiveness. They're going to get mad because people, your folks don't have life change. And territorial people and tyrannical people never want you to move on. They need you under their foot. They need you under their thumb because their ego is literally tied to the number of people they control. And see, so you need to understand that that control thing, if they don't understand, first of all, if a person has really got your destiny just as hard, they're going to tell you what it's time to it go. Okay, i am taking you as far as I can take you. It is time for you to move on. If they can't let you go, it's because they don't care about your destiny. They care about their ego. And they, uh, 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 how dare you, because uh, uh, I'm as good as anyone else. Nobody is as good as everybody else. I'm telling you, I'm really good, but they got, I got to break you up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've told you all the time, Jesus, you did some wonderful work, sir. Am I right? am <laughs> telling right? and even if I am, if I work, I still wouldn't be for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna speak to you right now because this is the year God is gonna have you cut ties. Not just with prophetic mentors. I'm prophesying now and I'm going over a little bit, but I have to prophesy this. bit. Okay? God is going to have you cut ties. You also you all have prayed and prayed and prayed. God tell me why won't you use me? I can. You're not equipped. For God, I've been in this class and in this is all these years, and that's all you did. You're gonna have to move forward. If your leader, if whoever's developing you cannot a get you to the next level, then they ought to be escort you, usher you to the next level. They should tell you where to go because that's responsible, and it's also it's it, it, it's not self-centered. A lot of you, a lot of prophetic people are self-centered because that the, the office and the institution has been so battered and it's so embattled everybody's in defense mode. But I'm telling you, your job, your job, I want you to say that, my job, my, job. my, responsibility, my responsibility is to see to it that I become prophetically fit and act for what God called me to do. You're, you cannot stand before the Lord talking about with Jesus. My mentor didn't do that because God would have said, when well, you should have been with mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I had a mentor for you and that wasn't it. Or I told you when it's time to leave. Christians have a real problem of thinking temporality is eternity. No, we we be have times and seasons. That's why he told us about Kairos, he told us about pronos, he told us about all of that, because everything has a time and a season for every purpose and every work. Every purpose is a powerful statement for every purpose and every work. And not everybody can help you work your purpose. So if you're going to be if you're, And I don't care whether it's prophetic, pastor, whatever, know when your time is up. Because once you outlast your time, it's like bad food has, been, has, been, has been gone past its expiration. Date. It begins to stink. It begins to become squishy. It becomes infected. And eventually it gets bugged. And a lot of you all are in that state because you did not leave when God told you to move on. So they're going to be mad with me. They're going to be mad with you because they're mad with God. People are going to get mad with us because they're mad with God. That's all. And he didn't do something they wanted and they still mad. they family. You need to separate family from ministry. So there are I promise you 2020 is going to be the year that you all are going to find God telling you it's time cut ties. It's time say goodbye. And he told them they don't want to tell you because they don't want to affirm you because they think you're leaving Equates to their failure and not to their success. But every time somebody can, the third grade teacher does not say, "Oh, you're going to work. I failed. <laughs> no, the I third grade, the class. <laughs> right. I did a great job because you're not going to be here next year. So I need That's you to think differently. True. I am going to hold a prophetic Q and A on what I've said, talked today. I will hold that. And so that'll give you time to get your teams online and get your, your, your students, etc., online. But I want to finish this because we're not done. And I think that there's a lot more for us to discuss. Oh, it's time for you all to listen to this amazing prophet, because she takes care of me. All right, guys.
3: Uh-huh. Alright, so now it's time to give, give, give. You see the information that is on your screen. You can give via Cash App. Dr. Price's handle there is Dr. Paul Price No Spaces. You can also give via PayPal, paypal.me slash Dr. Paul And if you want to use text to give, then it's going to be 918-203-6625. 918 203 Those are the three ways that you need to give. You need to make sure you sow a seed today. Listen. This is not free, okay? This is not free. It costs because it cost her to give this to us. So that's why it's not free, and that's why you need to sow seed today. You can also still visit takingiton.com and become a partner of this. We're thinking, I just really want to do more than just give um, one time. I want to partner with what Dr. Price is doing to reach the world. You can do that at takingiton.com. So make sure you take a moment to sew right now.
0: Well, we've come to the end of our first Thursday Jesus and Paula show for 2020. Have a great week. We will meet you Sunday. And again, look out for the announcement about the Q&A because it's going to be great. I'm going to give you two hours of my time to answer questions about the prophetic. And so oh make sure you join and have a seat because let me tell you something. If i so spiritually, you need to re- reciprocate yes. materially. Have a seat and not a few dollars. Some of you all need to press a little bit because you owe God big. God bless you. Love you, love you, love you. Yes. Have. Yes. Have, a new year. have a great weekend.